After surrender, what? I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. John chapter 17 verse 4. Surrender is not the surrender of the external life, but of the will. When that is done, all is done. There are very few crises in life. The great crisis is the surrender of the will. God never crushes a man's will into surrender. He never beseeches him. He waits until the man yields up his will to him. The battle never needs to be refought. Surrender for Deliverance Come unto me, and I will give you rest. It is after we have begun to experience what salvation means that we surrender our wills to Jesus for rest. Whatever is perplexing heart or mind is a call to the will. Come unto me. It is a voluntary coming. Surrender for devotion. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. The surrender here is of myself to Jesus. Myself with his rest at the heart of it. If you would be my disciple, give up your right to yourself to me. Then, the remainder of the life is nothing but the manifestation of this surrender. When once the surrender has taken place, we never need suppose anything. We do not need to care what our circumstances are. Jesus is amply sufficient. Surrender for death. John chapter 21 verses 18 through 19. Another shall gird thee. Have you learned what it means to be bound for death? Beware of a surrender which you make to God in an ecstasy. You are apt to take it back again. It is a question of being united with Jesus and his death until nothing ever appeals to you that did not appeal to him. After surrender, what? The whole of the life after surrender is an aspiration or unbroken communion with God. Today's devotional seems like a rough draft of a template of how to come to Jesus when we feel a little out of touch or even just in general. We might feel stirred about something or for people who have never come to Jesus at all, it's a way to look at it. After we surrender, what do we do? And I I remember when I first came to Jesus. Of course, I knew about him. I thought I did. But it wasn't until I reached the end of my own ability, the end of my rope of trying to do things myself and serving other gods. Being a husband, being a father was extremely tough. 
having a brother who took his own life shortly after becoming a father, having parents who got divorced when I was a teenager. I was afraid of walking down the path of destruction and separation. And I didn't, I didn't want to end up like that. But I didn't know what to do. There was no way I could do anything that would lead to anything but destruction and separation. So I had to, I had to surrender. I had to come unto Jesus, and he did give me rest. And once I did that, I was able to deny myself deny the ways that led to death and destruction. It was a tough battle. I had to be very patient. But now, almost three years in, I can say it was well worth it. I can say God's grace has freed me from separation and destruction. And the initial battle has subsided. But of course, there's always things that are going to be going on. So after that surrender, what? What do I do now? Oswald, he ends with what to do now. It's the life after surrender is an aspiration for unbroken communion with God. To always know where he is at every moment in our lives. To never be out of touch. To have the light of God constantly scrutinize the things that are going on and so that's kind of a constant and the goal is to me think about how can I glorify God okay so I spent 30 years of my life going in one direction trying to figure things out in by my own strength but now that the grace of God is flowing through me How can I live with that being the case? So I've been doing a lot of readjusting, a lot of examining, allowing God to scrutinize the things that are going on and the things that are on my heart, I've been doing my best to make happen, to to have them manifest themselves in my life. So my daily habits with my my family, changing the way that I am around other people, moving away from laziness, the sluggard mentality, the the humbug attitude, and into something new, something more like Christ. And it's very difficult, but that's where the disposition change comes. And there have been some things that have been changing, very noticeably things, But it's kind of a slow grind, slow process. And the idea is to be patient and look at it as a year-by-year process, a decade-by-decade process. Because I think it's easy to get into that crisis mode uh, to not really confess our sins, but to just more so admit them, put them out there, but not really give them up. So we're constantly struggling internally and As a result, we're always thinking other people are in the same way. This fight or flight mentality that we can easily get stuck in all the time. But in reality, it's not not a slap in the face 
faith Christianity. It's a, it's just that it's, it's like you're a two year old kid and you come to your mom and you allow her to pick her up and you just go completely limp and you rest in her arms against her chest in such a familiar place. That's what it's like to be known by Jesus, to be accepted by him and to accept him into your heart. And that's what Christianity is. It's not a, it's not a muscle up. You're not forced into it. It's a very gentle process. And of course, souls are at stake and it's very serious, but at the same time, true faith comes when it came for me when I was ready, 30 years into my life, 30 years. And for other people, take 60, 10. Who knows? We don't, but God does. So be patient and trust that his will will be done. And it probably looks nothing like your will. His time looks nothing like your time. So today I want to encourage you to be patient, surrender yourself, and pray for other people, and be patient. God bless you.